Tom Hanks is back in the World War II movie Greyhound, now streaming on Apple Plus. And in his heroic turn as Captain Ernest Krauss, we're reminded of the bravery that compels men and women to risk their lives for their country and their fellow sailors and soldiers. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, technology, and your family. Thanks for joining us. You know, for as long as there's been war, there have been stories about war, whether they're told by epic poem, written down in histories, acted out on stage, or framed dramatically on the big screen. War movies come packed with inspiration and courage, but often packed with gritty and grim visual reminders of man's brutality, too. So how should we be thinking about this venerable movie genre? That's what we're going to talk about today. And we'd love you to join the conversation, too. So be sure to let us know what you think of today's podcast by emailing us at team, that's T-E-A-M, at thepluggedinshow.com. Well, joining me for today's conversation are... Paul Acey. Kristen Smith. Bob Hoos. And Jonathan McKee. Okay. Pretty straightforward starter question today. What's your favorite war movie and why? Kristen, we'll start with you. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. You're, you're always raising war in That's our right. office anyway. I know, That's right. right. <laughs> um, I, I like 13 Hours. I know it's a newer one. Um, mm, but I, yeah. it's probably my favorite. First, John Krasinski, so pause for that. But also because... He finally got out of the office. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and went to war. Went to war. Um, yeah. Uh, I think, I don't know, I, it just really, really moved me. And what is 13 Hours, for those who may not be aware of it? It's about the fight in Benghazi. Benghazi, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a chance actually to do a little junket over there, so I had a chance to talk with the director there. Oh, I Michael thought you were Bay. about to say John Krasinski. And, and then... I did talk with John Krasinski. What? Yes, he he, he was very nice. See, we... now you need, you need to be better friends with Oh, Paul. my goodness. All right, let's move on. <laughs> but that is not my favorite war movie. My favorite war movie is actually one that came out a few years ago. It's called Dunkirk. Yeah. Mm. Oh, oh, this was a powerful movie, I thought, that, that really, it, it was a quick movie for, for what it was. It, it clicked in at about an hour and a half, but it, it, it's a Christopher Nolan movie that, that has three separate timelines, essentially, that takes place in the air, in the sea, in the land. And in outer space. And not in outer space. <laughs> no. no, that's a different sort of movie. Um, but, but it's really well constructed. And it, it, it just, when I was reviewing it, I found myself literally sitting at the edge of my seat as the, you know, the Hans Zimmer music went. It was, it was pretty. I remember after you saw it, you talked (laughs) about what an experience it was just to sort of sit through this thing that's sort of in real time, but not quite. Yeah. yeah. You know, because he does weird things with the time. He does weird things with the time. Okay, I'll go next. Uh, you know, initially, when you asked the question, I was thinking of uh, Bridge on the River, River Kwai. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, which is a 1957 movie and one of the rare PG war movies. But, you know, as you guys were talking, I s- decided to sort of shift and go... You're changing to, your answer. I'm going to change my answer. <laughs> so you're getting two in. That's I right. I see what you're <laughs> doing. And I'm going to say 1917. Ah. Yeah. Th- this is rare for me because I rarely... Wave the the white flag for for something like uh, an R rated movie, and this is an R rated movie. But there was something about well, I, I liked both movies for the same reason. That in Dunkirk or Bridge that, Over the River Kwai. Bridge Over the River Kwai. 
they did not glorify war. In fact, they pointed to the the horrors of war, Mm. the agonies of war. But what they did do was they glorified the efforts of an individual to fight through the almost almost impossible odds to save others to to help others and i think that was a that was a big plus for me one thing that i wanted to just mention since you talked about 1917 Looking at Dunkirk in 1917 as a piece, it's really interesting because, you know, Dunkirk is quick and sprawling. 1917 is long but intimate in an odd sort of way. It's it's, it's an interesting counterposition. Hmm. Jonathan, what about you? You know, this is a tough one for me because there are really a lot of good war movies. And um, I I mean, I you know, almost probably the first one that popped in my head was Saving Private Ryan because yes. I'm actually watching right now the Band of Brothers series and and that kind of flows out of that and with the new Tom Hanks movie that's out now you know I mean that was obviously you know a, naturally where my thoughts went but man there's there's so many good ones I mean I actually even was thinking of Last of the Mohicans yeah. uh, was another great one that I almost wanted to mention Whoa, but man. I think my favorite has got to be Glory. Hmm. And um, if you think about the impact that movie had, I mean, you know, the story of the first black regiment. And uh, let me just tell you, I mean, you cannot think of Denzel without thinking of that movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, that he was so amazing there. Um, Denzel really, you know, that that's the movie that made him the single tier. You know, Uh, people probably didn't really know too much about who's Denzel, who's Morgan Freeman. I mean, the cast is amazing. The story is great. Edward Zwick did such a wonderful job with that film. And I think it's just such a great story and uh, probably by far my favorite war film. All right. Well, mine is the original Midway, which came out in 1976. Mm -hmm. And Midway, of course, was pretty much the pivotal battle in the Pacific. Uh, Pearl Harbor has been bombed. We've lost most of the Pacific fleet. And, I mean, it's sort of the classic – it's an underdog story. And it's rare that we think of the United States as an underdog. But the Japanese had really crippled the Pacific fleet in that attack. And they thought they had us on the ropes – and they were going for the knockout punch with Midway. And, and there was that one, you know, just last year they remade it. I'm partial to the original, mm-hmm. um, maybe because I've seen it a whole bunch of times. Um, it has virtually everybody who had acted up until 1976 <laughs> is in this movie. Charlton Heston, Henry Fonda, Glenn Ford, Hal Holbrook, Robert Mitchum, James Coburn, Cliff Robertson, Robert Wagner. I mean, it's you want to talk wow. about a high caliber, Man. literally and figuratively cast yeah i mean and they all are like playing versions of themselves at war right <laughs> um I, you can't get enough of robert mitchum in a war movie oh, right no, i mean no. he it, is he is meant he for is war made movies. for war movies um adam adam i'm so proud of you for not saying star wars well, no, there is a star wars connection one. coming you no. just needed to wait for it <laughs> no. Okay. no no okay. here's your fun fact jonathan so i actually fairly recently figured out one of the reasons that i love the movie so much Guess who did the soundtrack? Oh, no. John John, John Williams, Williams did the soundtrack to Midway in 1976, mm. a year before. And if you watch it with that in mind, um, you can feel like he's almost doing a dry run for Star Wars. Oh. There are places during the dogfights yeah. that feel just like the attack on the Death Star. And you hear so, TIE fighters. You know, Jonathan, I, <laughs> I hadn't gotten there yet, but Star Wars, which does have war in the title, mm. um, you know, 
But it's not my favorite war movie. Anyway, uh, Midway <laughs> and, and Midway is sort of the pinnacle of a kind of sanitized version of war right. movies that were made for a long time. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about today is how yeah. they have changed over the decades. So let's let's dive in with that in mind to our conversation. You know, throughout history, tribes and nations have fought other tribes and nations in wars, glorious and inglorious. And almost as far back as the written word has been recorded, we have chronicles of those battles. So, you know, whether we're talking about the Israelites taking the promised land, I mean, the Old Testament is a war movie almost yeah. from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Right? You know, pick a book, there's a war in there somewhere. Or, you know, Homer with the Iliad and the, you know, his poetic description of the Trojan War. Uh, much of Shakespeare is about war, you yeah. know. Uh, Henry V, you know, the, the famous speech in Henry V, which I'll spare you right now, but if you, Thank haven't, you. <laughs> if you haven't seen, uh, uh, you know, Henry V recently, uh, go watch it because yeah, it's pretty Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Is Branagh. Oh, yeah. I, I was trying to think that of his was... name and it wasn't coming, but, but it's Great amazing. Yep. Um, and, you know, in the 20th century, all of those storytelling um, techniques took a turn toward the visual with the advent of movies. All of a sudden we had a new way to capture, you know, the glory and the inglory of war. And I think we've had actually plenty of both. And as the last century rolled to a close, which it makes me feel really old to say that, (laughs) uh, you know, films like Saving Private Ryan, which you mentioned, Jonathan, explored with increasingly realistic and graphic images you know, the complexity of war mm-hmm. and that it's not just about guys being heroes. It's about the toll, yeah. the, the violence and the combat that they experienced really took on them. So yeah. given the violence and death that really is part and parcel with a war movie, because you can't have a war story without both of those things, you might think, man, haven't we had enough war movies? You know, are we done with this yet? But every year we see new ones. And even some of the ones you mentioned are just the last couple of years, you know, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me. And so Tom Hanks is now starring in another movie that's playing called Greyhound. And as I mentioned, it's on Apple+. Plus. Uh, it was supposed to be a theatrical release, and Sony got tired of waiting out COVID and just said, here, Apple+, Plus, you can have it, and sold it to him, lock, stock, and smoking barrel, I think. Um, and so our reviewer, Paul AC saw it. Uh, I guess you're right here. I'm talking about you like you're in another room. I'm right here. (laughs) Um, And so I thought I I wanted to start with a brief discussion of that film's themes and how they could be a springboard to a bigger conversation about war movies in general. So take it away, Paul. What do we need to know about this movie Greyhound, which is not about race dogs, right? (laughs) Not about race dogs, not about buses. the, the, The Greyhound of the movie is actually a boat. Okay. Um, Tom Hanks commands this boat, this this destroyer ship. He's one of about four destroyers who are guarding a convoy of cargo ships across the Atlantic in 1942, during the teeth of World War II. Mm. Um, it's a really dangerous job because you've got these these Nazi U-boats that sort of lurk in wait. And, mm-hmm. and clearly there's a lot of uncertainty as to who's going to control um, the, the seaways. Um, so essentially it's, it's Tom Hanks piloting this, this group of ships through the most dangerous section of it. The, heroically, which, I would imagine. Uh, heroically, <laughs> although he, he, the, the character actually is conflicted. He's deeply spiritual, hmm. and he is um, – he – doesn't like he's not one of those 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 people who will celebrate if a if he sinks a u-boat he thinks mm-hmm. about the people who die on that and this this is during the u.s 
um, where the U.S. is in the war at correct, this point? Correct, correct. Right. The U.S. has just joined the war. Um, things are still very, very uncertain. The thing that I liked about this movie, I think, is that it felt very old-fashioned, you know? Um, in what sense? In, in a sense that it took a step back from some of the, the gore and and what we can see, what we associate with a modern day war movie. We've we've mentioned Saving Private Ryan a couple of times. That right. also starred obviously Tom Hanks. That was very graphic and very brutal, yeah. and 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 designed to be so to bring the horrors of war home. Mm-hmm. This one mm. feels almost antiseptic without eliminating the the drama and the danger that you feel you see Hmm. you see you know that people are dying nazis are lurking you know that nazis are lurking (laughs) it's it's a tense movie but without all the gratuitous content which makes it surprisingly i i wouldn't say family friendly obviously read the review before you look at it but it's pg-13 it's pg-13 so it feels like it might be navigable for some families hence navigable Hmm. i see what you did there there you go Well, why do you think we keep going to war movies? Let's take a step back and sort of take a macro look at these. What's so compelling that we're willing to sit through a couple hours of peril and slaughter on screen, especially because they almost always deal with history and we know what the outcome was. So we don't have the tension of knowing how's it going to turn out. Well, and you also have to look at it from the perspective that you wouldn't consider Hollywood to be hawkish. You know, generally... You mean they, pro-war? Yeah, right. Yeah. Pro, generally, they, they lean in the other direction. Um, but I think there is a demand from people, from the masses, hmm. for heroes. I really do think yeah. that's, a, that's a big part of it. Agreed. You know, I think that's why the, the superhero thing exploded the way it did in popularity, is that people really, they want to see someone be self-sacrificial... Mm. Yeah. And do do their best to push through impossible odds and save the other guy. Yeah. Mm. Saving Private Ryan. Right. I think that that is actually right on point. I think that 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 what Hollywood wants to do more than anything else is tell a compelling story. And there's nothing more compelling, I think, than seeing men and women push to the absolute edge. Right. And war is kind of the definition of that. Yeah. And it gives storytellers a great opportunity to to put people in a in a very difficult crucible. Um, Nice putting word. this person nice in word. in this pressure situation are they going to crack are they going to grow stronger mm-hmm. are they, are they going, going to crack to... and grow stronger it, 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 cuz that's kind of what saving private ryan was no it absolutely is it absolutely is i i think that i think that there is no form of storytelling that gets to the essence of what we kind of consider ourselves as as men and women than than war does hmm. well and i think many of these stories that are told well um, kind of really focus on an individual and what they're going through, their story mm-hmm. in the midst of this, you know, historical time that we all know so well. So, you know, like I mentioned, Last of the Mohicans, you know, mm. not a lot of, you know, youngsters, you know, know the French and Indian War, right. you know, but when you watch that movie, all of a sudden you get this perspective yeah. of some people who were living during that time. And I think war movies sometimes, you know, do that. They, they focus on someone's individual story in the midst of this historical time. Yeah, I actually like that perspective because having been a teacher, I mean, even in school, I always appreciated watching historical films. I mean, it's one thing to listen to if you have a good history teacher who's willing to tell the story well. 
um, that's great. But if they're not great at their job, then it's always nice to see that that period of time on the screen and it makes it very real. Yeah. Especially when you're not, you know, obviously it's not present day. Well, especially with something like the French and Indian War. I mean, I think that's a great example. Uh, and Last of the Mohicans, I didn't think of it as a war movie. Definitely uh, a really compelling story. Yeah. And you, you get a sense of how, boy, I mean, it's a time when actually warfare was changing. You know, the British were still fighting in old school rules. And here you had Native Americans who kept ambushing them and they had no idea what do I even do with this? And so yeah. you get these transitional things that are happening on screen too. And and I'll also say, even though I, I really love what Michael Mann did in Last of the Mohicans, it's probably my favorite Daniel Day Lewis movie, mm-hmm. it's R-rated because it's incredibly graphic. And yeah. so I think that leads us to, uh, we've mentioned Saving Private Ryan a couple times, but I want to talk more about that as an example of one of the the issues here that we have to deal with. I think you could argue that Saving Private Ryan, which came out in 1998, was really a watershed for the genre. Uh, obviously, it's a World War II movie, but I think World War II movies up to that point had largely been pretty romanticized, mm-hmm. pretty sanitized, even midway, although I love the original, uh, it's pretty sanitized. Yeah. You know, you don't have a, a sense of of the violence involved, but Saving Private Ryan depicted the brutality of warfare in a way that unless you had been on Normandy or in Vietnam or in Korea, you know, any of the major wars up to that point, you know, even Desert Storm, you probably never imagined the things right. that happened yeah. on that beach in Normandy. And so here's my question. Um, what might be the potential value of depicting that kind of violence? And, and then the flip side is, what are the potential hazards of watching something that is so, so grim and realistic? I think it's necessary to have a, a war movie that depicts the real violence. And now, obviously, there are different branches of the military. And so not all of them are on boots on the ground, front line. Right. And so that's where you get a lot of the variation, kind of like the movie that you watched, Paul. Um, but I think it's really good because I I have a lot of family that have been in the military. And I know, I guess, just hearing stories, this isn't Call of Duty always, on right. the ground, right? And and yeah. that's a real thing. Like there are there's a generation of people growing up playing these video games. That's a great observation. And, and it's glorifying war. It's glorifying this is what it's gonna be like. And either you get into a situation like that and and then it is like that except worse because now you're suffering from PTSD and it's real life. Yeah. Or you get in there and we're maybe we're not in a time of war. And so it's not happening the way that you thought. And so you don't get to be the hero you always thought you would be when you were playing that game. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just I just screened The Outpost. Mm, yeah. And um, it's it's a new war movie. It takes place in Afghanistan at, a, at an outpost out the, in Hence there. Hence the name. American Outpost. <laughs> and um, it, it is brutal. Mm. I mean, it's... And it's, it's an R-rated it's movie. It's very but... R-rated. It's uh, not only... Not only does it have intense gory scenes but it also has some of the most intense r-rated raw language i mean f-bombs everywhere it's it really is it it shows man in in his barbaric kind of stage yeah. and i mean even the even the good guys I, and i don't i don't want to demean soldiers in any way but it it depicts these guys who are gearing up to kill you mm. know yeah. and they're always on a hair trigger edge and 
it's intense. And for a civilian like myself to watch this, you can't, sure, you can, you can step away and you will say, man, those guys were brave. Mm. You can yeah. easily say that, but you can't step away without saying, why in the world do we put ourselves in these situations mm. where we've got young men being butchered for, mm. for what seems like nothing? You know, yeah. you can't walk away from it without saying, war, wow, it's really, mm. really hard. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that I think war movies accomplish is I think that they they force us to grapple with the real cost. Mm-hmm. And, right. And obviously, mm. you know, we have wars like World War II, which was, you know, has been called the last good war. Um, but then we have Vietnam, you know, and we have a, an entire category of movies, I mean, I can just tick down the list from Apocalypse Now to Deer Hunter, Full Metal Jacket, Platoon. They're all deeply depressing movies yeah. in part because they show the sacrifice that, that these soldiers made for for what, mm-hmm. you know? And, and obviously Vietnam is an era in our whole history that's deeply conflicted and, and very complex. But I right. think war movies can force us to grapple with the reality that man, there's a real cost here, like you were talking about, Bob. And and sort of on that line, what are the cautions that you think we need to be aware of with regard to, especially if we have, you know, maybe a, a younger teen in our family? As parents, how do we decide mm. when it's appropriate to say, okay, I think you can deal with this, or no, we're not there yet? How do we walk through that? I was thinking about that earlier because, there, you know, people might give – war movies a pass if you will you know we might not watch like an r-rated comedy but or a we, horror movie or a horror movie but we will watch a, a, a war movie and i think honestly it's because it's a little more real right like and the gratuitous content typically is real like you will find that in war yeah it's not gratuitous necessarily. yeah right yeah exactly we might call it that but it's it's different so i think Obviously, there's language like Hoos was mentioning, and there's going to be violence. And so I think each parent just needs to, you know, just have the discussion. You know your kids. Like, you might have a kid that's more sensitive to something like that. Like, I, uh, Hoos and I were talking about that this morning. I really don't like R-rated comedies at all. I just think they're, they're dumb. But I I do enjoy I do enjoy one of the many reasons we hired you to work. (laughs) But I do I do enjoy war movies. I think it's because it's just it's sobering to me Mm. to watch something like this to realize the sacrifice. And so, but violence does get to me in a completely different way, and that's hard to see sometimes. Yeah, I I think as a father, okay, or as a plugged in hat wearing individual uh, i would i would i was wondering why you weren't wearing it today. Yeah, yeah. right out right out of the gate i would say protect your children mm. and i would say keep them away from things that are overly gruesome and but but on the other hand i've got to say that that this is also a part of that discernment process that we talk about all the time yeah. right? sometimes sometimes you do step over the line a little bit if there is a very good reason for right. it mm-hmm. if there is something on the other side that you can point to and say yes here's something valuable for your life here's something that you can learn from for example i uh I, you know, this isn't a war movie, but I would I would rarely go to a parent and say, "Let your kids watch Passion of the Christ." Why? Because it is a gruesome movie, but yeah. but for the right person, 
for the right situation, yep. it can help illustrate, it can help powerfully illustrate Jesus's suffering and sacrifice mm-hmm. and really make all of that real. Right. One of the things that, that strikes me about this conversation is as we talk about parental cautions for, for this particular genre that sometimes I struggle with in a way. I, everything that you said, Bob, is absolutely right. We need to be cautious about this content. We need to make sure that our as we decide what our kids are going to watch, we need to be very careful about that and, and protect them from, from really harsh content. At the same time, I sometimes wonder whether the the quote-unquote worst war movies are those that glorify it too much, mm. that sanitize it too much. Yeah. Because when you're talking about war, it really is a terrible, terrible thing. Um, sometimes necessary, but always brutal. Yeah. And when we don't convey that to to our children, maybe in some ways, are we doing a disservice? I, it's, it's a question that I wrestle with. Yeah. And each of us is going to kind of find a, you know, I, I would agree with Bob that I want to protect my kids. And for me, I would want to protect them from some mindless R rated comedy, like Kristen said, or something with a bunch of gratuitous, uh, you know, stuff that's literally doesn't even need to be in there. Yeah. But personally, I don't think I would ever protect my kid from a war movie or a movie like Unforgiven, for example. Um, and the reason why is like a movie like Unforgiven was a movie where it said, hey, guess what? All this killing, there is a cost. And you can't just go kill a man and it'd be like, cool, what's next? Killing actually, you know, hurts your soul. And a movie mm. like Unforgiven showed that in all its ugliness. And I think that's the kind of stuff that our kids, we shouldn't protect them from. And, and it's probably a hard balance. I mean, where do we become those helicopter parents who are trying to swoop down and, oh, let me protect them from the ugliness that is out there yeah. versus let me protect them from some of this gratuitous stuff that they don't need to see. Yeah, I think to that point, I would actually, Jonathan, kind of agree with you um, because we don't hesitate to like tell our kids, like, don't go read the Old Testament. But that's all that there is. I mean, people right. are getting hacked. Like women are getting like hacked. And but like, some of it we certainly have to talk through. Absolutely. Sure. But that's you know? the point, right? Sure. Like that is the point that we're going to have these conversations. Like there's a scene in American Sniper where he's sitting there and he has to make a decision if he's going to shoot. And there's this boy that they send out um, and he, he, he has to like decide if he's going to kill this kid or can he avoid killing this child? And I'm like, wow, that for me in the theaters, like I could, I couldn't almost not watch it. Like I almost felt like I was going to vomit watching something involving children. So at the same time, like you were saying, you don't want to throw your kids and be like, this is the world, you know, like good luck. But we do need to talk through these things and have these hard conversations when this in fact is very real for a lot of people. And as we walk through this, this, these issues, I do think we have to be mindful of the problem of desensitization. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I totally agree with what you guys are saying, but when you see too much of this, studies have shown that that you can become hardened mm-hmm. to some of the hardships that we see. And so I yeah. think that that as as you think about discerning this sort of entertainment for your children, I mean that's that's a big factor as well. Right. And and I guess I wouldn't frame it in terms of protecting or not protecting, as much as thinking of it in terms of their maturity. Yeah. You know, are they at a point where they can process? with you what they're seeing 
because, I mean, honestly, after I saw Saving Private Ryan, I didn't know what to do with it, you know, and I was 28. I mean, I mm-hmm. you sat in a theater full of stunned people, and I'm not sure that, you know, a 13 or 14-year-old would have any frame of reference to know what to do with it. But that said, it's all about you being in a relationship with your kids. Yeah. And I think that when there is that intentional yes. engagement, you actually have the ability to walk into a conversation. Hey, this is something that the culture is talking about. I think you're at a point where you and I can watch this together and we can talk about it afterwards. Right. And we can get a picture of the reality of war. Yeah. But I think if we watch something passively as entertainment right. and we don't have that conversation, that deprives them of the ability to really process that with you. So, you know, as we hmm. often talk about, and it's especially true with war movies, which can be incredibly inspiring and incredibly violent, yeah. you know, what is that point of intentionality and how are you engaging with your kids? And, and that's what we want to encourage you to do is, you know, are my kids ready to watch this? And it's not only true with war movies, it's, it's true with everything. And we're living in a culture, you, Paul, you talked about desensitization, where there's desensitization all over the place. Yeah. You know, again, I've had my kids come to me and say, all of my friends have seen this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if all your friends jumped off a cliff, would you do it too? I mean, that's, <laughs> I had to say that. <laughs> yeah, that um, cool. But there's, a, there's enormous pressure on our kids to conform to what a normal experience is. And so our responsibility as parents is to be aware of those pressures and really helping them to navigate it, hopefully on a case-by-case basis, whether it's war movies, horror movies, sex comedies, whatever, because yeah. they're being exposed to it out we there. We could stay away with sex comedies. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it, you know, another podcast for another time. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today for our conversation about war movies. I hope it's been a stimulating one and, and maybe given you some anchor points to think about this with your own family, how they maybe have influenced you, how they potentially are influencing your kids. And, you know, if you've got a favorite war movie or a story about how one of these films has impacted you, tell us about it. We would love to hear from you. So you can email us at team at thepluggedinshow.com. You'll also find links to some of the films we've talked about today, including Greyhound, The Outpost, Hacksaw Ridge, and Saving Private Ryan in the episode notes for today's conversations. And leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because we want to hear what you think about our conversations. Thanks so much for listening today. As always, we look forward to connecting with you again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show. 